Recording in progress. Nice. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Things We Find Interesting. We've got a bit of a personal story today. Um, it's it's me and uh, one of my really good friends, Robbie, on the pod today. He's not been on before. Um, and we're going to talk about um, probably the one cool story that, that the two of us have about the um, a little adventure we had uh, back in 2014. Uh, so back 2014, um, you, can, you can guess our ages. We were, we were in our, coming towards our, our twilight years of u- our university careers as um, pretty crappy mechanical engineering students uh, up in Sheffield. We decided we wanted to have a little bit of an adventure. Um, I think it was decided upon a pub. Robbie will have to correct me in a minute. Um, and we thought, let's go, let's go try something wild. Uh, we've been watching on the telly a few of the documentaries of um, Ewan McGregor and Charlie Borman cycling, uh, sorry, motorbiking around the world. Couldn't afford motorbikes, couldn't afford much else really, so we thought we'd do it on bicycles. And we, we didn't have the time off uni, we only had summer holidays really to uh, do the world, so we thought let's go for a continent. Obviously we live on a continent, we're from we're from the UK, part of uh, part of Europe technically. I know Brexit's hard, you know, some, some tough feelings there. And so we decided we're going to have a go at cycling the length of Europe. And then I think it was probably to pick which side, which way to go across Europe. Um, and I think it, the natural kind of way that seemed to, do, to go is that it's much easier to cycle downhill. So we started <laughs> off at the most northerly point and cycled down to the most southerly point. And this is just a few of our little stories from that two month expedition. I've talked for long enough. Robbie, say hello. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. Um, do you know, I, I, first time ever on a podcast for you. First time ever on the podcast. Try not to feel too self-conscious. It's only the world listening. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's funny about this because, like, the, there's so many memories on, of the trip, but the, the one that stands out is actually how it started by getting really drunk in a pub and, and just basically promising each other we would cycle yeah, how, the how did, Europe. we didn't really know each other very well at that stage i felt like we kind of went to the pub by accident together like what can you yeah. read the story well we like the last people there we left left behind yeah, something like that. yeah. Um, i think so i always wanted to cycle across the u.s and i, I kind of just didn't trust we, we were quite young quite naive i don't think either of us really trusted each other to come through and then we mm-hmm. sort of well, I don't know how it came up in conversation, but we both felt, must have felt more brave than we were. Um, I think we were having like one of those kind of, I don't know whether we were old enough to have a quarter life crisis, but we were getting close to it and thinking, you know, we've watched all these adventure TV shows and right now we've just been absolute pussies and not doing it ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we do something really cool? And it was, it was like, we were going off piece with this as well. It wasn't, the done thing there wasn't like a route or whatever it was very much us kind of like grabbing each other by the balls and we've got no experience you know me and robbie are not uh incredible athletes as anyone knows us will testify or have Mm. experience you know we weren't growing up on polar expeditions or anything like that um we were just a couple of blokes drunk in a weather spoons and we thought (laughs) it can't be that hard (laughs) cycling a continent yeah i'm definitely like last guy chosen for your sports team sort of material. Um, to be fair, I remember that being one of the points of, um, we'll come on to it later, but fuck it, we're going there now, is um, 
you know difficult points of the trip i remember the first ever uphill basically the first ever proper uphill and i i i did quite a lot more like running and stuff than you and rated myself as relatively fit and i think you were, you were fit more than me, chilled yeah. and you were tanking me on this first hill and my morale oh my god absolutely hit the floor i was like how how is this happening what has he been in secret training or something <laughs> i mean do you remember the night before like just the, the setting of that story, like getting to Northern Norway, seeing the snow on those hills and just being like, wow, we're quite far into the Arctic here and it's really cold. Like the snow was definitely a shock. We were like, ah, oh, summertime in Norway. It's like 24 hour sun. Like, oh, yeah, can't be that bad. And then we had this like strange experience of getting off. I think was it quite late at night in the middle of no, in this like, very small town walking like behind a bush to camp which was strange at the time but we ended up doing it quite frequently and then anyway the next day started and it was just really grim like no no trees do you remember there's some reindeer and some sammy yeah it was like it was i think it must have been like a mining town it had that feel of what you imagine yes. a mining town to be like you know an overly proportioned by sort of working age men who all look <laughs> drunk and a bit depressed yeah and like very little facilities um i think we we cycled to the local the local shop everything's obviously incredibly extortionate it's norway anyway and it's you know probably harder to transport goods norway um yeah because if you think so the place you went to just to give a kind of bit of perspective for people it was um i think the the airport was something like was it altfjord or something something like that yeah something like that as a little airport it's the most northerly airport i think you can pretty much get to really of any su- substance um although it wasn't much substance and um then you took a little bus um up to the actual most northerly point of europe which is a place called funnily enough nordcap um which is like a little island just off sort of uh the the north co- coast of, of of norway and then to give the perspective of the trip so then i think it was what, something like six thousand four hundred k or something i think we worked it out basically two months of cycling pretty much every day to get down to gibraltar um chip's not actually technically the most southerly point so we didn't actually complete the task it's actually like <laughs> a couple of miles down the coast but everyone thinks it's gibraltar so uh that's where we went to but um yeah definitely uh, what do you, what were your thoughts on like packing packing all the kit getting all the gear beforehand we didn't really oh my know gosh. what we were doing i mean so i remember doing months and months of research on on bikes and, and getting told like every this is a terrible way of describing it but it's completely like contradicting information about you know if you were getting a, an aluminium bike you were gonna die steel's too heavy yeah, and, and just steel like, bikes oh my god that we spent ages deliberating over yeah. that didn't we and i think price bought, won through in the end exactly i think we went for basically the cheapest bikes you could get from my <laughs> yeah. first and and they were great like i still i don't have mine now actually it's a separate story but um they did great you, I do remember the mine though, wasn't it? My, mine, uh, I don't maybe because I was just a bit heavier than you, or or maybe I had more gear, or I don't know. Because do you remember all the spokes? Do you remember the spokes? Oh. If everyone you think oh, your bike, the spokes, the little things, you wouldn't think that's something that goes wrong. Because I think we had barely any punctures, maybe like one. Yeah. But this, my spokes on my bike were just going constantly, and uh, which just causes the wheel to sort of like wobble not properly, and that was a nightmare. I do remember one major flap that we had at that first night before we'd even started was unpacking the bikes from the boxes and like something 
because we like we just found loads of kit but it was all kind of slightly wrong and just the something i think the, the bike rack had bent and we couldn't get it back on i can't remember if it's your bike or my bike but we ended up basically taping it <laughs> so off we set with like two idiots in my case not very fit through this arctic journey and um yeah, that was that was definitely a moment of fear, you know, the mountains and things not fitting and it being cold. And that student, uh, that, you know, we had that student budget, and uh, and I think you remember if you if you read the people online, you would have brought so much equipment, wouldn't you? You yeah. would have brought all. You'd have had, whereas whereas I think we sort of travel pretty light, but even then, by the end, I, I think afterwards we we would have still not taken the kit that we did take. Um, no way, yeah. And, you know, because you end up carrying. I mean, I had a med and I'm like, that thing was huge. It, 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 the most it would have done is a kind of nasty scratch, at which <laughs> yeah. you're so dirty, you're, you're wet all the time and sweating, like just, you wouldn't have really done anything. They carried that all the way to Gibraltar. And actually, even in like northern Norway and stuff, you know, there's, there's enough cars that you would have just had to wait for half an hour and someone would have been able to take you to a hospital if something really happened, badly happened. Completely. Nothing you're going to do with no. like that back. And, and that's a really good example of like how we kind of just got the planning slightly off. Just like, oh yeah, we'll we'll just do everything by ourselves. No, 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 we'll just get you out. It's fine. Um, I remember we, we made a very conscious uh, decision, which I uh, I think on reflection was the right decision, but maybe because we're, we're two introverts, but uh, or I certainly feel like an introvert. Uh, we got separate tents, didn't we? Rather than getting one together. I, I think we could both agree that was a good decision. I mean, took two months with anyone is quite difficult it's nice to have a couple of hours of... and uh you i remember you, you had an interesting approach to your i wouldn't say i'm the tidiest person <laughs> but you you made me feel pretty tidy Robbie <laughs> sent you'd peer in there and it was there was like a sort of sea of packets of crisps and uh <laughs> pairs of shoes is, am i remembering that right or is that bullshit? I yeah no you're, you're right i do remember you making lots of comments about my dirty tent i always felt pretty comfortable do you, do you know, yeah, those tents were good. Those are actually the best like kit we bought. Those those one and a half man tents. Deca yeah, decathlon. Um, if anyone's looking for a good tent, decathlon does a very good one and a half man tent. Yeah, two people in it in a push, but like it's comfy for one one person with that extra hug. Um, go on, sorry. No, I was going to say I do remember sleeping really well. Like the 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 aspect of being tired, like really tired and really hungry. I just remember like sleeping amazingly and like food tasted great. I mean, you've done more arduous stuff in your life than I have, but I just remember like you'd bite into something that is so good. And, and maybe we, we didn't eat right. I can't remember. Yeah, we definitely got remember. some weird eating habits. Uh, tortellini, yeah, the little stuff that you boil up was the, I think we had that pretty much every day. Yeah. Because in our heads it was like, oh, you know, you, you just have to boil it and it's got everything you need. Um, and then you ate a big german sausage <laughs> oh, you didn't eat the whole thing you would like gnaw down on a bit and then put it away and then that would take you do that over a big week wouldn't you yeah yeah like a massive really unappetizing salami and also like one from every them consistently so starting with norwegian salami and then ending up with them um, you know german and french and it was such a bad thing to do and also such an unpleasant way to wake up you know the fear of like, I need to do breakfast, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who had the best salami then? Which which country? I honestly, I, none of them. I, this it's so unenjoyable after a while. Like 
I, th- I think, yeah, I don't know. What did you have for breakfast? Um, I think I had oats of some sort. Maybe some oats with like some sugar or something. I feel like something. God, that's healthy. Or maybe it was. Uh, it probably wasn't. It was probably like a bar of chocolate or something. <laughs> I think if any sort of like sports scientist, expedition expert talked about what we ate, it was probably not the best things. But by the end, I think we were pretty shredded by the by the end. I mean, our arms were tiny, but I think our legs were were pretty damn bench. Yeah, I think they had good legs. Um, I think they had great legs, actually. Definitely the best I've ever had. Probably the best bowl I've ever had, generally. Yeah, I reckon. I mean, I've always had noodle arms, and they were were maybe particularly bad, but a nice little sort of cyclist tan and hench legs. Here's one. Do you remember getting numb hands? Or was it just me? Yeah, it was just you. I mean, so go on. Sorry, explains people what, how you got the numb hands um, and how it kind of manifested itself. So I, I think I'll explain like how, how I, what I knew at the time and what I know now. So basically, what was happening maybe three or four weeks in is I was losing strength and feeling in my hands, and it was obviously from riding all day because that's the only thing that changed. But at one point, I remember I was going to this, this toilet and I couldn't unlock the door. Like the strength of my hands was just completely gone. And all I couldn't do my zip on my um, waterproof. It was really weird. I was, you know, at the time I was like, gosh, is, is this some sort of neurological thing? Am I, am I... Was it a strength? Was it dexterity or like a bit of both? It, it was feeling like I couldn't, I couldn't really do anything. Um, and, and towards the end of the trip, I think we met some guy that actually knew what he was doing. And... He said, yeah, that's because your tire pressure is too high. And I remember at the start of the trip thinking that the harder the time is, the less rolling resistance. This is this is why I didn't get to very well in the engineering degree. But also that means loads more vibrations in your handles. So all of that was going into the, the nerves in my wrist and just like shredding my feeling. And I just, oh God, that was... Uh, these days they've got haven't they got in a lot of cycling sports they've gone back to softer tires so i think that is that really, yeah. yeah i think even for like efficiency and like racing and stuff but you lost feeling in your hands for quite some time after the trip wasn't it it took a while yeah um it was quite, quite a scary thing to happen at 21 actually here's a question for you do you, do you call yourself a cyclist um i think i did back then from doing that and then doing a bit of cycling afterwards, I haven't properly cycled actually, to be honest, in years, and I need to get back on it. Why do uh, you? I'm the same. Whenever cycling comes up in conversation, I'm pretty much stay quiet. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I used to have some legitimacy in it. If I gobbed off now, someone will, someone could easily call me out. I don't know what the current trends <laughs> are and stuff. Should we walk people through a little bit of it, go through some of the countries and just our impressions of it, what, what, where we ended up going on the bikes? Completely, yeah. I mean, we obviously we started off in Norway. This place called Nordcap. Um, Norway, if you don't know it very well, it's actually it's quite a long country, and we sort of almost went diagonally down the the, the coast road. I can't remember whether we decided or not. I think early on there was no choice. There's like one road up and down Norway of any substance, and I think later on we would sometimes decide to go for like a scenic route. But I think we quickly realised scenic equals hilly. And Norway itself is just fjord after fjord after fjords um, with actually not too many bridges across them. So you did a lot of like, you'd be able, you know, you come to the the, the top of, of one of these fjords, which is like a big kind of uh, like a bay. And you'd see where you want to go across the fjord, but you have to cycle 10 miles down the fjord and 10 miles back, which I think hit our morale quite hard. 
and it was a lot of up and down Norway. It's quite a hilly country, but beautiful, like amazingly beautiful. Uh, amazingly beautiful. And actually, you, that's the thing where you had one of your, you know, navigation was so important because we didn't want, didn't want to spend longer or more effort getting from A to B than we needed to. I mean, it was long enough journey to needed to be. Um, and you came up with this idea about using effectively like watersheds to navigate. So a, I guess the, the principle was that if you were next to the water, you, you'd be relatively flat. You wouldn't do too many hills. And if you needed to go over a hill, just go up the watershed and come down the other way. And I've used that pretty much in, in all my trips since then, you know. Look at the look at the rivers. I thought it didn't work. I thought most of the time we we, we would think, and then it would be like some cliff coast way. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe we, we, we were being. I, no, I credit that with uh, inspired genius. Wow. So Norway was yeah, Norway was Norway was tough because we weren't very fit. Very uh, good, yeah. I, I mean, that Norway trip seemed to be to me we were split into like psychologically, which is always the interesting part of this, and we like to do it on, on on the podcast before is. Sort of talk about that slightly humany factor because the physical stuff's obvious you know it's get it i mean the physical stuff is pretty simple really you know, get up on the bike pretty much when you wake up naturally um a little bit more difficult in the arctic circle and it's light all day and just cycle as much as we could really which was i mean how far could we could we cycle on these quite heavy bikes well when we were fit we did like 200 kilometers a day i reckon sometimes we were pretty we were pretty well that, that's a lot for me anyway i mean i no no yeah i think it's at the which was at the end of the trip you know once we i think yeah but once we're down in spain it was probably yeah like and we we're doing it successively as well it was like 180 200k days and you we have done that for for 10 days before we're like oh we should probably have a bit of a day off yeah 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 do you know what you were just saying there about like the, the the psychological element? Like, I think we definitely, I think we were too young and naive to realise this was going on. But we had a hundred k days that we felt great on, and we, without realising, just breezed through them. I think, and then we had a hundred k days where something had happened, and we were we were lost or frustrated. And I can tell you that the feeling in your leg, I don't know what it is. You know, someone knows, I'm sure, but like just the difference that makes of being lost. Or, or it raining or a minor you know a minor headwind that i'm sure makes no difference yeah. um, oh the worst if, if we go the wrong way and have to cycle back on ourselves gosh but are you right it's something about uh, the youth you know we were i don't know how old we were about 20 or something maybe 20 21 yeah i think so yeah 21 maybe maybe 19 20 um and i think at that time it's very you're, you're a bit pig-headed and you don't think the psychological side exists you just think you're a machine but actually being a bit, bit older and a bit wiser, we probably would realise now, oh, we're just having a bad day, you know, just yeah. stop beating yourself up about it. Because you're right, we, we would get ourselves into like a negative headspace for a day and, and it probably wasn't even a bad day's, day's ride. Because um, yeah. we were saying that early on, sorry, in the trip, the point we were saying earlier was, what we, yeah, we did 200k maybe on, on really good days at the end. At the beginning, it was fucking nothing near that. It was like, I think our first day, we did like 70, 80k and yeah just exhausted i i mean you were better than me but i remember that first ever day talk about the psychology we'd had that tough hill you then left nordcap went into this tunnel do you remember that tunnel it was about seven oh my long. god yeah so because it's an island there's a, there's a tunnel under the sea and the norwegians have got lots of money so they build all these really expensive tunnels and you and we were going down and down and down and down and we we're like oh great this is this is a really nice ride and probably not clicking oh we've, we've got to come up the other, other side and this tunnel's like a v 
and we were just climbing for kilometre after kilometre in kind of the dark almost. And I think not far after that, we stopped. And I, I could tell you were frustrated. You wouldn't say it, but I could tell because we hadn't really gone that far. And I was just, I'd got, I'd reached the point of being like, I'm absolutely fucked. And oh, I yeah. was that first day. Yeah, yeah. And and the other thing about that time, gosh, I'm happy you brought that up because it's completely, I completely forgot. But for some reason, bikers love going to Nordcap. So these big, like, people riding their harley davidsons down a, a like a three mile tunnel where and i coming out of this tunnel you were kind of losing your perspective a bit it was hard to balance on the bike you weren't going very quick as well and these these bikers would come past and just skip it was just a horrible 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 first day um it was uh got i remember getting out of that tunnel was amazing i think i've, I've still got the pictures from that actually the, the loo quite badly as well uh, probably due to those bikers. Yeah, if, oh no, I think I remember you sneaking off for a shit in the in the, <laughs> in the which is like <laughs> the a first nice experience of like, oh god, we've got to just like poo in the wild. Mm. We by the end of the trip, we probably would have done it without blinking. Probably would have done it in the saddle, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. I I, it. What's that? I prefer it. I think. Yeah, no, it's 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 like being at one with nature. <laughs> but yeah, that that first day was tough and. Um, in fact, the first three days, that's what I was going to kind of group them together. Remember, the first three days been really, really tough. I mean, again, beautiful scenery, but I think it was that realisation of, well, we're not going that far. Um, this is really, really hard. Like, you know, this is, we're, we're absolutely exhausted. And uh, and we had this little map. We had a map of Europe. And you'd see what you did on the, like, the first day, and it's like less than a fingernail's worth on this map. Literally, yeah. It was like un- unsurmountable. And so we had to have like a, a like a proper like day off. I think after just like day three, was it in Tromso? Trom- Tromso was it? It was in Alta, I think. Oh, no, maybe it wasn't even. At that Trump. was a bad. Yeah. And and do you remember we 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 splashed out. We got a hotel and a beer in Norway, which is like you need a mortgage for that. And I remember having like basically a you know, not even a a third, and just being like, I feel so sick. That was actually that was a low point. That's a, a day we we. Do you know what we? I'm sure we didn't take a day off, but we should have had a day off just to well, we just did, to. I think, did, I think we came in in the evening, slept in this hotel, and then kind of left in the like afternoon of the next day. So you had like half a day off. Yeah, yeah. Like that's it. We're looking at it now. I was like, oh my god, that was exactly the right thing to do. You know, refresh our minds. Be like, yeah, new me. Yeah. Let's let's go and start again. But at the time, big egos. I think we thought we'd like failed when we took this like. We need to pussy out and have a hotel and like recharge our fucking. Yeah, yeah, completely. And I think neither of us wanted to admit that we were struggling when we were clearly really struggling and justifiably. <laughs> so uh, certainly I, I had a lot of like 21 tw- year old guy mentality. You know, we, we, we beasted ourselves the whole way down Norway. Yeah, and that I suppose that was like so. Phase two of Norway was was pretty boring, but just lots of repeated days in these fjords, down and down and down. And again, I think slightly maybe a different pain. I think by then we realised, oh, we could sort of make some kilometres, but we're starting to think this is like a bit like getting a bit samey and a bit boring. And uh, you know that becomes a that becomes almost an, an, another battle. You start questioning, oh, this is supposed to be a holiday. This is supposed to be a bit of fun. Which wasn't an issue later on in Europe because there was enough variety, I think. Whereas Norway, it was like, oh, another fjord, another another long yeah. valley. Like, 
you know, another beast. Oh, oh. And we were always clock watching. I think we, you know, this is something I would, I would do differently this time. Like if you don't get to Gibraltar, you don't get to Gibraltar. No one's got, no one's really going to know. Just tell you, tell them you did it anyway. <laughs> um, but we, we were, we would, um, you know, if we ever took time off, we'd, we'd sort of be like, oh, we've got to work twice as hard tomorrow or whatever. Whereas, you know, in reality, we were going to get there, whatever, whatever was happening. But yeah, no, Norway def- definitely had, the first part was horrendous in, in the Arctic Circle and just the, the shock of, the shock of cycling every day. And then, and then you're right, as you go down towards Oslo, it starts feeling a lot more normal, like shockingly normal compared to that, that those first days. There's a bit more civilization. It gets a bit more. Um, and we did have one naughty moment, which I'm not sure whether I'm not sure whether can admit it. Now we should admit it. When uh, so Norway's a, a second biggest city, Trondheim. Yes. We came, I don't know where you're going with this now. You know this story. All right, so we came out to Trondheim, Norway's second biggest city, and it's kind of got like it's enclosed in hills and things like that, or at least in my mind it is. Um, and uh, there's about sort of three major trunk roads going into the Trondheim. Oh, one of them gosh. came from the north, which was the one we were coming on. And uh, we we're approaching this this trunk road. And by then we we're starting to get a bit like, yeah, bugger the scenic route. We're just going to go on the, the trunk road and get there quickly. Um, and uh, and we probably had a, a hotel booking or something to make. Um, and there was like, there was the old route that went over the mountains. We're like, well, we'll obviously be able to cycle on that. But then there was this other trunk road route. And we're like, oh, it goes through a big tunnel. <laughs> and you know, when you, and, and we're getting closer and closer to this tunnel. And it's getting really, really quite serious, this road. And you're starting to get the heebie-jeebies of like, oh, this isn't, this isn't feeling like this tunnel is going to be great. <laughs> we got to the tunnel and I think we probably, you know, it clearly was not designed for cyclists went into this tunnel and it just got super super narrow there was nowhere for us to ride it was clearly not suited and uh we're like oh, okay i think after about what 50 meters we turned around yeah i think i don't know if you remember but a large bus stopped bear in mind this is a six lane motorway into europe uh norway's second largest city but a bus stopped opened the door where the passengers got in to shout what i assume is shouting at us but he was probably trying to help us on, on this kind of suicidal mission and then oh my gosh and then we got out of the tunnel and it turned out they'd closed the whole thing while um they turned they turned basically the traffic lights on at this at the front and um had stopped all the traffic just for us so we were so embarrassed we actually hid behind like a, a chung, wall chung, 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 and the and the like wrote the like tunnel closed thing came down <laughs> and we just hid in these bushes to the side before seeing like siren motorbikes coming coming through um <laughs> So we we for probably about an hour shut the biggest tunnel in Norway, and some some Norwegian policemen were probably hunting for these cyclists that never actually appeared. I think that shows how blinkered we were at the time, because like al- almost like a near death experience, like going down a motorway through a dark tunnel with like all sorts of trucks and stuff. They, and they never gave us space. I remember like that the that was so hairy. The Norwegians, you you sort of think this like really like in fact, can I just pause there, Robbie? So yeah, there you go.
Right, sorry, back. Um... Blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah, I was going to talk about the Norwegians. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right, so what about the people of Norway? Um, what do you remember from the people of Norway? We've talked about angry truck drivers. Oh, God. I remember there being a lot of anger in Norway. <laughs> I think we were channeling a lot of anger as well. Like, we... I'm going to say maybe not even just Norway, but, but a lot of Northern Europe. We we didn't get a lot of uh, friendly friendly looks, did we? Because we probably smelled awful. Yeah, yeah, and we were used to the smell by then. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, these trucks, yeah, definitely. We considering these great big roads, they're not that heavily populated. Um, trucks would love to come, like give us a nice, you know, close call. And mm. I remember distinctly at one point, I think it was the only time this trip happened in the trip that we had someone like screaming, like angrily screaming out the window. And it was a, a Norwegian man in his car and uh, he had his whole family in the back. It was like two <laughs> kids and a wife. I can't remember whether they were screaming along with him or whether they were just like embarrassed, but like he was like raging at us. And it's because we had like not gone on a cycle path because we didn't know the little town we were driving through and that a cycle path was there. Um, yeah, surprisingly, which you, you you wouldn't expect. Whereas I think we'll talk about it later in Spain, where they've got a reputation as perhaps not the best drivers. They were they were amazing, amazing. Like the whole the whole of Spain was incredible. Like anyone that wants to go on a cycling holiday, go to Spain. It's the most welcoming, best laid out, amazing roads as well. I remember. Um, yeah, and I mean, let, let's get let's let's go on to it. Let's talk about um. So after Norway, we cut across country into Oslo. Um, well, I can't remember if there's much going on in, in that move across to Oslo. I think it was slightly more farming-y fields, um, beautiful little wooden houses. Like nor- yeah, normal, I'd say. More European, if there's a, yeah. a way of putting As it, yeah, it, it started to look slightly closer to home the further we went down. Um, and then, you know, it ended up in Oslo where those, those oil prospectors wouldn't buy us a drink. Do you remember that? I remember, yeah, like we sat next to them all night having actually a really good time, being like, oh, we'd, we'd actually love love a drink. I remember we were so tight at the time, weren't we? We were like, oh, we just want one drink. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think what we did the trip on, like, considering we were, like, smashing food, I think the trip might have cost us, like, two grand or something all in. Yeah, yeah. It isn't that bad for two months of, you know. Two months of, yeah. And all the flights and the bikes and all that kind of gear like that. I think it was all in about two grand. But we we were poor students with no money. We ended up in this. We thought we'll have a beer in in Oslo, despite them being about ten pounds. Um, and then we were sat at a table, and there were some people came and joined our table. They must have overheard what we were saying, and uh, and obviously wanted to hear the, the story about the little trip. I say obviously it wasn't that interesting, but they obviously it was more interesting than their usual conversation. And they were oil prospectors for like oil rigs. You're like probably on some big money, and they were ordering drink after drink after drink like hearing our stories and never once offered us one did we not that we're still bitter yeah so that's actually a thing for anyone listening if you ever see someone sat down looking a bit smelly because they've just yeah. cycled the whole of norway just just offer to buy them a drink they'll really appreciate it they'll talk about it on the podcast like nine Honestly, years later yeah yeah <laughs> a decade later it'll still be an issue um not that we're not that we're bitter and we remember you guys i'm yeah, sure they're listening their names you could call them out oh, <laughs> them. Um, but then but then we got random as um, some really nice Danish people bought me a Carlsberg. Instantly, I hate Carlsberg <laughs> on that. Oh, very... here's a traditional 
a Danish beer you might have not had before. I don't want to give them like a Danish Yeah, and, and it's warm and you're going to have to cycle oh, for that. miles and shake it up. And it was awful. That was, uh, yeah. I did think we'd get bought more beers. You know, I obviously had a hero complex. I thought people would treat us absolute heroes every township we came into. Um, but I think you, I mean, you had a brilliant idea in which, oh God, we should have listened to like the Instagrammers and like selling yourselves. Because um, I think at first people, people didn't know that we, how would someone know that we're cycling Europe? But then you had a great idea to get some maps put on the side of the bikes with the like route on it. And that was a game changer in our interaction yeah. with the public. Yeah, yeah. So I know I'm going to skip ahead, but we'll just bear it this out. Whatever. But we were in Spain, we're in Barcelona. So we were like absolutely ragged. We cycled the whole of Europe and we wanted to get, and I, I don't know how reasonable this is even now, we wanted to get a free go or whatever inside the Sagrada Familia, which is the main thing in, well, sorry if you're from Barcelona, you disagree, but it's the main thing in Barcelona. It's the big, the big cathedral. And we were talking with these Spanish guys who were like super cool with their shades on. They looked like they just had like two of the greatest ones of their lives, you know, sunning themselves outside the Sagrada Familia. And we were there like hungry, thirsty, probably been lost like seven times that day. And uh, all we wanted was a free go. And then they, they finally, they finally told us to piss off basically. And, and to get our own back, we just turned the bikes and they had the map of, of where we'd come from on them. And we just, I just remember just ignoring them. It was like something out of Mean Girls. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a power, it was a power play because we obviously had our egos hurt. We expected free stuff. And uh, yeah, because you used to call it like, um, if we weren't getting anywhere with, with you know, some help with some locals, I don't remember you saying like, oh, sure, give them the side view. <laughs> show them this map because people's faces would change they'd be like oh my god yeah yeah uh, so, and it was, it was an odd one as well like where people would be impressed like um i think when we got to like southern norway people would be super impressed because they like knew how long norway was but in like other parts of europe people would just think oh norway it's just that bit on the top of europe so there was like a weird kind of like dynamic of when people yeah. were the most impressed yeah. You're absolutely right. And and also, because we were wearing Help for Heroes, jets because we did it for charity, um, or Legends, uh, we were wearing Help for Heroes, Jez. That's 20 quid. <laughs> <laughs> we got loads of love in some of those, like, uh, British destinations on in in, yeah. in Spain. Do you remember? Like, oh, yeah, you guys are great blokes. That, yeah, love- I think that's when we got our hero, our hero ego stroked, was, was yeah. Brits in southern Spain, where they love to go on holiday. We, I think most towns we turned up to in southern Spain, we were greeted as as heroes, and it it it, it was a, a brief insight into what it must be like to be like a D list celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no. So we uh we did that. We cycled Sweden. You know, uh, I think very similar to to Norway, a bit more um rural, kind of less mountainous and slightly more kind of um agricultural um. Then took the little ferry across to Denmark. I feel like beer. Denmark went really quickly. It, it's just flat, open farmland. I don't think I don't remember much happening in Denmark. No, I, but it was it was kind of a key psychological moment because we were in mainland Europe, I think, and that meant that we'd actually, you know, even if it went badly or horribly wrong past then, we'd actually done the whole of Norway, which was something like a third of the journey or just over. Yeah, it was ridiculously big. Um, yeah, but, you know, yeah. Denmark was getting into Sweden or getting into into De- Denmark was like the psychological switch because I think before that we're like, oh, can we actually do this thing? 
Mm. And then when once we'd sort of nipped off that that tough bit at the beginning, it was like, oh, it's it, it's just a, a numbers game now. Like we we will do this. Um, but we had to have a bit of a break halfway through because I talked about us being shit engineers. In reality, Robbie's quite a good engineer. I'm a shit engineer. <laughs> um, I had to go back to university to reset exams. So I'm an absolute shit house, obviously. Um, so that put a bit of a weird uh, spin halfway through the trip because I think we only found. I think, oh god, yeah, no, we were like sat. I think I was sat on a bench in Norway or something when I got told by my tutor. Sorry, mate, you've got to come back in like a few weeks. Oh, mate, yeah. And uh, you were definitely, you were really good about it. I mean, you didn't you didn't give me any of a hard time for it. Um, well, there was nothing you 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 could have done really. But I do remember you know, talking about properly. weight. <laughs> And how much we're bringing? You were bringing your engineering books with you. So, like, not only were we wild camping in Norway, you were also as soon as like I was going to sleep, right? And then you, I remember you setting your torch on every night and diligently studying. I mean, that should have been enough. I should, just, I should have just that. taken a picture. Oh, I completely. It. Man, I, I must have blocked that out mentally. I completely forgot about that. It, you were working quite hard. I remember. I mean, um, I can't, it can't have been good quality revision, like knackered after a day cycling. But yeah, now you say it. Fuck, I did. I was making little notes and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. You were like ridiculously diligent, which probably added to the just general sense of, oh my God, this is such a big task and we're knackered and, you know, the, the over, almost the overwhelmedness that I remember feeling, um, yeah. certainly at the start. Which, uh, yeah, uh, in fact, that was a huge factor. So, so at that stage, we, we split up. Um, I had to fly back to the UK from like Amsterdam or something, um, went and did the exams and kind of came back about a week later or something. Um, which is probably a good like refreshing thing mentally. Oh my gosh, yeah. You cycled down south to see your parents in in Basel in Switzerland, yeah. um, and then I sort of cycled down behind you to sort of meet you again. That that um, bit of cycling on our own, re- we talk about that psychological side of it, really sticks out for me because it was such a different mentality. Even a week cycling on my own versus as a pair, I, I don't know what your experience was like of it. I found it quite hard. I found it very hard. I found it really difficult to kind of square what my brain was doing a lot of the time. I actually remember drinking quite a lot in my tent for like quite a bit of that. I know, I know I drink more than you anyway, but like, I just remember being like quite hungover some days. Um, it was hard. Yeah, it was hard. And really, uh, I don't know what happened, but I, I just got caught in like rainstorm after rainstorm. And then it would be like clear nights. So really cold. Is that and then we lost the GoPro as well? Oh my gosh, yeah. By the way, you guys, you can actually go on Facebook and uh, you can type in, uh, I think it's something like Andy and Robbie's or Robbie and Andy's North-South Cycle Challenge on Facebook. You can find our cringeworthy photos and video little diary. Well, we didn't do... I wish we'd taken more photos and videos, 100%. Yeah, yeah, for sure. sure. But part of that was because your GoPro got wet at some point in that... Do you remember that shit bag you had? It was like yeah. we had like these panniers, but you didn't want to buy an expensive one for the front of your bike. Yes, you had this like kind of like Tesco bag on a rack. It was pretty rubbish. It was pretty rubbish. If you do go on that website, by the way, on our, on our Facebook group, you'll see Andy doing some push-ups outside of a town called Reppen, which is <laughs> Inch, isn't it? yeah, getting those Reppens in. Um, yeah, I had that absolute rubbish bag. If, if you remember rightly because I was that was where I stored these um salami sausages consistently I eventually found out in Spain that after not cleaning it out for like six weeks was full of maggots 
Um, I, d- I cleaned that out. And I don't know if I tried to make sure you didn't see that, but I know um... about the maggots, mate. This is fucking... <laughs> was... no, I, I mean, I gave you shit for that bag constantly. I can understand why you hit it because it would have been like, haha, I told you so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I had to buy a new one at that point. It was pretty, pretty embarrassing. That was another low point. Um, oh, the, I mean, I, I do remember one. I don't, look at how vindictive I am. I can remember me. So there's one told you so moment. Is it everybody, even when you're in like Northern Europe, uh, sorry, uh, you know, some glacial kind of lake, uh, still purify your water? Because I remember you were like, it's an idyllic spot. You know, the water's definitely safe to drink. And I was purifying stuff. And then when you got the shits on like day five, I was like, yes, motherfucker. You are absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. So apparently in these hills, and this is the case in like Canada as well, you can get like beavers that build dams up in the hills. And that's where a lot of like bacteria forms. So even though it's like fast flowing and like idyllic, you're, you can be, it can be quite dangerous, like drinking from some of those. So yeah, Andy was absolutely right. I forgot about that, you know. I've hung on to that, you know. <laughs> that's the things that i did wrong yeah so where were we on the trip so we yeah got down south we did this weird thing yeah we we split up again really i got there was something about it and because we didn't cycle like bosom buddies we very much like would spend a lot of time cycling on us sort of on our own but maybe you know sort of 50 meters apart or way far too far to chat but it was those little moments of when you're able to stop to sort of share the experience and crack a few jokes that um made it made it uh you know made it made it much more manageable and 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 even a week after that um because i remember it was around that time of uh yeah i think i had some quite bad bad weather as well there's a lot of rain mm. and went off course which is a classic one of like i really wanted to see band of brothers was like massive at the time and i really wanted to go to bastone where they have like they, they kind of got you know there's a big few episodes in bastone and went out of my way to go to Bastogne. And I remember getting there and everything was shut because it was like a Sunday or something like that. And just being like, oh my God, I've just cycled like an extra like 200 kilometers to get to this place and everything's shut. Yeah, yeah. Um, but th- there was th- there were moments of that of like, and this is when I think the adventure was kind of such a rich experience because you had to really cope with some disappointment and difficulty and then get back on the bike and sell it cycle for another 10 days um and it's a really weird thing but we had this like i the ideal trip in our head that we tried to achieve and it was like go and do fun things all the places that you want and i think we were actually too knackered and just the geography didn't quite work i think once we gave up those dreams we had we had a better time we were just like chilling on the roads to to nowhere almost you know little french towns or places in spain i think you're right like um when people sort of talk about like oh yeah we'll we'll bounce between these these um you know these idyllic these these famous spots but you end up becoming a bit resentful when you've gone out of your way to get there whereas when it was just part of the journey uh, and that was definitely the most magical moments you think one of the questions we were looking at before this was you know what was the best spot and our our best moments and i think it's when we by chance discovered some amazing places um i remember the in the rhone river valley we discovered oh, these little yeah. medieval towns, um, sort of just untouched in centuries, which we didn't expect to be there. Um, that was that was in- incredible. Yeah, yeah, and I think you're you're absolutely right. Like by that as well, we, by that point, we we figured out our own sort of drills and rhythm every day, 
we were just eating up the kilometres and, and the fact it was a good place as well was such a, a nice experience. I would happily go back to the, the, the Rome Valley and cycle again. That was just awesome. Um, yeah, no, I, I, really unexpected um, down to the, the, the south coast of France. It, um, yeah, lovely. Um, very historic. All right. What about, um, I, mean, I mean, the journey after that, you know, we'll, we'll talk about Spain in a minute because it was our favourite, but essentially along the sort of um, south coast of France across the Pyrenees um I was curious to know us we were talking about us getting on quite well I do in my mind and I may have it wrong we really did it was surprising how little we clashed I think we had like one slightly heated or maybe two slightly heated moments or maybe it's a couple more I don't know generally it was over like where we were camping yeah what we would like disagree on we argued about the little things, didn't we? Really, which which I think is c- completely a symptom of of basically the fact we were alone together, all all alone together. That's a comp- rubbish way of describing it. We were very lonely, realistically, weren't we? You know, three months of cycling down Norway is not the most uh, socially enriching experience when no one wants to speak to you. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But- and it would we be did, the end of the day was... when we'd uh, coming. If you think about it, it, was at the end of the day, wasn't it? That's of course that was when we were going to clash because it's like we were tired Com- completely. And you know, I think you, if I remember rightly, uh, and you were definitely right. Um, but I was, I think I was trying to be more of a perfectionist about where we camp, and be, I was always a bit like, oh, just a bit further, just a bit further to find a good spot. Whereas you were more like, now nah, fuck it, we had enough. This this will do, and sort of camp anywhere, and that would be a, a friction point. I've got two funny stories about this. And I think, I don't know who, who was right in that argument. I can't remember, but one was trying to camp. And I think I was trying to camp in a Spanish vineyard that had loads of wild dogs. Oh, fuck that it. was so scary. And we literally ran, like literally ran away. And the other one was um, being knackered one time and just, you, you know, you, you do stuff in a rush and you're slightly careless and I think I was kicking a tent peg into the ground and the tent peg went into my shoe. I don't know if you remember this. And for a second, it looked like the tent peg had sort of entered my the sole of my foot. And I, and I was like, oh, it doesn't hurt yet, but I'm sure it's going to hurt and bleed a lot. Anyway, luckily it sort of, I don't know how, but just stopped at the right point. That was, that was, te- sorry. The second story is extremely boring, but getting chased away by dogs, that I remember that quite quite vividly. And yeah, I think you're right on that one. It was at night, wasn't it? And we were like, we were in these random kind of like, yeah, huge kind of like vineyardy areas with a yeah, yeah, yeah. oranges or something. It was pitch black and far enough from like the town that you're like, if someone wanted to murder us, it'd be a while before they found <laughs> out. And uh, we, we, I think, again, you would be like, this will do. And then these dogs started barking from like everywhere. Yeah. And you being the optimist again, we sort of said, ah, no, they'll, they'll be locked up. They're just like barking from their houses. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not as brave as you, Robbie. I, I want to get the fuck out of here. I don't know who and was think... right, but we, we did get the fuck out of there. You're absolutely right. And it was like, they started off quite far away and then they got a bit closer, but I was like, were they really coming closer? Or are we just, are we just arguing about this and imagining it? And then they were like, no, no, no we need to run away because these dogs are chasing us away. <laughs> And then the, our last camping story has got to be when we got busted. The one, t- oh no, we got busted. We got busted sort of like for camping twice. Once in Germany, when 
we'd we'd ended up basically sleeping in accidentally in an old oh no it was maybe the netherlands whatever we got we're basically sleeping in an old lady's like backyard and she comes out in the morning to like let her dog go for the toilet and sort of spots us and is like shouting at us in dutch and i remember that was like a test of how quickly we could pack up our stuff and we were pretty rapid by then just throwing things on the bike do you remember that no, I thought that's that's wiped from my memory, but I could I could see why it's traumatic. Maybe that was it was just me. No, I can't remember. Anyway, and then the other one was when we got busted by the police in in Spain, sleeping in some sort of like drug den place. It was, it was gopping that spot. Yeah, yeah. And credit to you, really, because I've done trips after this where I did get busted by the police way more. So I think it was it was your your good habits that caused like really you know just one incident with the police considering how often we were sleeping on the side of roads and behind bushes and i mean the bikes were really useful for like um i think when people people must have seen the tents and if they were maybe tents on their own would have got a bit like pissed off but i think when they saw Mm. the bikes like attached to the tent it was like ah they're just some weird cyclists like yeah 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 and those policemen couldn't speak english and basically it was too much of a hassle to arrest us so they just said Okay, see you later. <laughs> um, yeah, but the camping the camping side is actually one of the more pleasant. Like I I have such a fond memory of all the camping stories and little spots that we were in. Um, yeah, it was good. Okay, and then we were saying that we we love Spain. What what was it we didn't? Okay, let's look at it this way. Spain is obviously a beautiful country. I think what was ni- the pleasantness of Spain was that it was almost like a pleasant surprise. There were certain things that I don't think we expected to be that as good as they were. I don't know if you you remember any 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 of those sort of aspects. Com- completely, um, and I think, do you know? I think that the fact we were always on the coast and everywhere we were was kind of built for tourists. We kind of came and went very easily everywhere. And aside from getting lost, I remember getting lost outside of Barcelona for hours and really having a bad time and sleeping on an ant's nest. Don't know if you remember that, but that was again bad choice by me. But yeah, everywhere, everywhere was so welcoming and and so used to Brits that we we just um that's really like my my favourite part of the journey without without a doubt really. Yeah, no, I, I, the the people were brilliant. The cars were so forgiving on the roads. Um, I, I remember there's an amazing bit. We went inland. Uh, I think it's called Murcia. It was like the town or the region and and it was really unexpected we'd obviously known kind of touristy uh coastal spain but there was like this this inland bit of spain that was um yeah it was like something out of a, a spaghetti well, it was about this film the spaghetti westerns it was like something like a western movie and that, that was incredible seeing some of the, like, the ancient castles and things around there um and uh yeah the, Sp- the spanish people were, were, were just pretty much lovely Although it's interesting about people's reactions because they, they their english wasn't as good um i remember we, i think we found the germans really friendly but I think a huge fact was that you could speak pretty decent German. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think I think we that that was probably the thing that made Germany as good as it was. Whereas France, I remember being very difficult. The the Dutch were lovely. Sorry, we're, we're talking about the whole whole regions whole, of Europe in nations. Yeah, based on yes. a couple of people we spoke to. Yeah, the Dutch people are lovely, but the French. No, I'm joking. I love the French. <laughs> there was definitely a. a, a I thought it was a really interesting one. I remember in Amsterdam. I, th- I can't remember that was a, that was there on your own. Or we, I think we were both there. They're obviously a very heavily laden tourist place, especially with Brits. I can imagine really irritating young teenage Brits like we were, and. 
a waitress being like really shirty with us and then when she overheard us speaking and and talking about having cycled there oh it was like we got a completely different person and really really friendly and i think that was quite a lot of times people wouldn't view us as like irritating tourists as much it was a much more like you know here's some kind of slightly weird traveling people rather than annoying british tourists for for sure and I think that was maybe a, a quite a, a large, you know, socially that was quite a large aspect of the of the trip, like how we were received in all these different places. And you know, I remember we had this running joke about like um, people giving rubbish instructions on purpose just to make our life more difficult, you know, or or telling us people it was a mile when it was actually thirty miles because people do not know their local towns and do not know like how to judge distance. Yeah, especially on the. Um, Oh, it's, it's just around the corner and it's like <laughs> 20 kilometers away. <laughs> or they direct us onto the motorway and it's like, oh, oh dear, like the, we're, we're now stuck. Um, yeah, and, and just meeting all these people. And I, do you know what I thought, thought was really good is, is just the youth hostels. I remember some of the some of the characters, not that we socialized loads of them, some of the characters there were really fruity and actually were so entertaining, just kind of like laughing about the, the, the little the little nuggets and, and, and social moments there um, in an otherwise relatively unsociable trip. I mean, in t- we didn't, we didn't have any loads of parties or anything to be. Yeah. Maybe we should have been more pissheads to be honest. I think we should have. I think we should have done. So Robert, I mean, you might've done in your future trips, which I think we'll have to do for another episode. Cause Robbie actually went on and did another trip on his own. cycling across Canada and a bit of the States. I think that's another episode. Um, but yeah, that, we're a little bit running out of time on the pod so um we'll, we'll bring it to a close there but yeah we, we eventually got down to gibraltar had an amazing time two months of cycling with a little bit of a weird break in the middle um you're skipping over the bit where you almost got in a fight at, with a guy at the end of the trip oh fuck okay we've got we've got about two minutes left let's have okay. last last so this big moment of gibraltar getting to gibraltar it hadn't rained in spain for like a month um and then all of a sudden we cross the, the border and we are engulfed in what is a, an enormous rainstorm. And Gibraltar, which is effectively an island, it's sort of sur- surrounded on three sides by water, starts to flood. Um, so having a bit of a difficult time getting to the final part of Gibraltar. I remember the uh, the British border guards, oh my God, the Gibraltarian border guards, excuse me, were really shirty because I said something about being in England. So they had a big, big go at us. So we're having a bad day, you know, piss wet through, getting shouted at by the border people. And then... to be greeted as legends because this was an <laughs> epic event. Yeah. You know, and and there was this guy, this Dutch guy who was there and like wouldn't, at this moment of celebration, just at the end, like wouldn't let you be. Like, and I think you were so, <laughs> it's such a frustrating day. <laughs> you were like, no, I, if, no, you, if this guy doesn't go away, I'm going to punch him. <laughs> we've, got, we've got like one minute left on the recording, but like, no, because we got there, expect to be greeted as heroes. Your parents had super kindly turned up. Yeah, yeah. Um, And it's pissing it down with rain, which had driven all the tourists away. So we got to this most southerly point in Europe. There was no, no one there but this weird Dutch guy and your parents. And, uh, <laughs> and we were like having our little celebration moment. And he was like tapping us on the back, being like, oh, yes, I once did the cycling trip. <laughs> you know down the road to my local and we were like fuck off mate you know this is our moment right we're running out of time it, it was an amazing trip and uh i think it it, it wouldn't have been the same without uh certainly you being part of it robbie and, and i loved it and i kind of intended to do it all again 
I know, I know. Anytime, mate. Right. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the pod.